The Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues. Don't forget back-to-back -back home games tomorrow night. Philadelphia and Boston, 7 o'clock airtimes on CanBR 680. And I am told that there are still some limited seats available for both of those games. So call one gsw hoop and come on out. The Golden State Warriors with a big win last night in Utah, a controlling win as the Warriors basically almost led wire to wire. They were down 4 nothing, took the lead on a Steph Curry 9-0 run and then control the contest the rest of the way. A pleasure to welcome a friend of Warriors Radio and one of the great scribes who covers the NBA, Sean Devaney of the Sporting News, is with us. And, Sean, I wanted to start. We've got some great news of the day, obviously, something that happened earlier this morning. But since I'm talking a little bit about the Warriors and the back-to-back -back at home this weekend, from afar, give me your thoughts on uh, the start this year for Golden State, and what do you see? Yeah, you know, it's been remarkable. Uh, you know, they've been... Uh, pretty good defensively, and and you know you you really had to figure that uh, you know watching this game, uh, watching this team in the past, uh, that all they needed to do was be pretty good defensively. There's no question that they can score, uh, and the fact that they've been able to do that, uh, you know, has really been uh, uh, the real key here. The fact that they've been able to take it on the road and win on the road, you know, those are things that that you wouldn't have expected with Andrew Bogut out, especially. Uh, so the fact that they've been able to uh, to do this by sort of mixing and matching their lineups and 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 how they bring guys off the bench, uh, you know, that's been really really uh, uh, impressive. You know, I really thought that they were going to be a much better team this year. I didn't think that they could be this good uh, without Andrew Bogut. Yeah, it's funny, you know, to uh, wrap up the broadcast last night, I said that the there are two teams in the NBA that have 11 road wins: the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors. You know, who'd ever thought that at this juncture of the season? Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think a lot of credit goes to, uh, uh, and I'm sure in, in your area they've, they've got enough credit, but but probably nationally they haven't. Uh, Jared Jack and 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 Carl Landry, you know, those two guys, just being the the, the NBA veterans that they are, uh, having been around the block as many times as they uh, have been, and 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 of course just the way that they played, uh, you know, that 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 really helps out. Uh, a young team like this, when you get into crunch time, you get into some tough games, you start to build some confidence uh, on the road. And, and I really think that bringing in those two veterans, uh, and they were fortunate to get both. You know, I mean, they, they came at pretty, uh, uh, pretty, pretty low-rent prices. And, and uh, you know, the Warriors are very, very patient throughout the summer uh, and wound up being able to get those guys just under the uh, luxury tax or close to under the luxury tax. Uh, and, and in doing so, I think that that's really been a real key in terms of them being able to uh, uh, to go out and win road games, just having that better in present. No question. Those guys are both pros. We had uh, Jarrett Jack on earlier this hour. If you missed that interview, you can download it at iTunes at the Warriors Roundtable podcast and also uh, you can. Uh, we'll have it up on the website as well. Sean, let's talk about the the news of the day. Earlier this morning, the uh, Brooklyn Nets announced that they have fired head coach Avery Johnson. So, the question I tweeted out just uh, this morning was that you know, does anyone remember when the coach of the month was fired before the end of the next month? I can't ever remember something like that happening. No, you really can't. And uh, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just, that, it's that's nuts. Uh, it's probably one for the record books right there, Tim. You know, Avery Johnson was coach of the year. I think it was in '06, and then he got fired in '08. So you know, that was uh, uh, that was you know, coach of the year. Obviously, a little different, uh, and and a little more time elapsed. But uh, that, that's one of the few things that I can think that that would compare to that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, it really shows you, uh, um, you know, what what kind of pressure 
that franchise is under right now. Uh, after the great start, I think that that really did uh, sort of ramp up the pressure and, 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 and made them say, hey, okay, we can be this good. And then for them to slide into the 3-10 and 10 funk that they slid into, uh, you know, that, that really put the writing on the wall uh, for Avery Johnson. And then uh, some of the comments, of course, that Darren Williams made, uh, that was sort of the final straw. So, you know, you, you go into that 3-10, and 10, uh, you know, that 3-10 and 10 stretch with a point guard, a star point guard that you just paid $100 million saying, I don't like this guy's system. Uh, you know, you could do the math and, and, and realize that Avery Johnson uh, was not going to be long for that team. Is, is Darren Williams a coach killer? You know, it's an interesting question. You know, Jerry Sloan, when, when, when he resigned, uh, which was right after a uh, confrontation that he had with, uh, with, with Williams in Utah uh, a couple of years ago, Sloan went out of his way to say, look, this wasn't a Darren Williams thing. This was, uh, uh, you know, this was a long time coming. I didn't, you know, he'd been around 23 years. So you could kind of say, okay, well, maybe he's, uh, uh, you know, maybe he's, he's actually telling the truth. Maybe he really is. Uh, just a little bit burnt out, and, and maybe the Williams thing sort of, uh, you, you know, lit the fire a little bit, but it wasn't the real cause. Uh, this one, uh, you know, this is uh, this is on Darren Williams. I mean, that at this point, uh, you know, if the if the Sloan thing wasn't his fault, this one is, and and that puts a lot of pressure on a player. I mean, he's played terribly for uh, for Avery Johnson. There's no question about it. Uh, and, and, and you could argue that Avery Johnson's system really isn't very good for Darren Williams. But look, you're the star player. Now that the coach is gone, whoever they bring in, I'm sure they'll consult with Darren Williams in terms of, uh, in terms of the next long-term coach. Uh, you know, that you're going to have to play well. I mean, you can't, you can't go out there and, and score, you know, 17, 16, 17 points on 38% shooting anymore. Uh, that's not going to cut it. So uh, I think uh, that all this, the way it's all played out, uh, has really put a lot of pressure on Darren Williams. And, and yeah, I think you could say that, that he got his coach fired. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's going to make it even tougher. Where do they go for the uh, next head coach? Yeah, you know, that's going to be an interest. I'm, I'm sure they're going to swing for the fences. And, and you might even see Sloan be, be, be one of the candidates, uh, you know, even, even despite that confrontation he had with Williams. Those are two guys who uh, still have a lot of respect for each other. Uh, you know, that, that concern, you, you, I'm sure you'll hear the name Phil Jackson come up. I'm sure that, uh, you know, with, with Mikhail Prokhorov, uh, you're going to at least hear that name come up. Uh, I think that they're going to go big on this. I, you know, I think that they've they've got to. You know, they've they've obviously uh, spent so much uh, on this team. Their their payroll is going to be locked up for the next three years beyond this one. Uh, you know, they're going to be around the luxury tax uh, for for the next three years past this one. Uh, they're going to have to pay a lot of money to have this team. They better get a coach that can get the most out of it. So, you know, I think those are a couple. Now, I think you're going to hear, uh, you know, some Hall of Fame names come up, you know, maybe even a, a Larry Brown or somebody like that. You know, I think that, uh, you know, they're not going to be uh, looking for assistance. Now, now, I'm not saying that, that that's what they're going to get. You know, they, they might wind up uh, finding themselves disappointed uh, in terms of who they do get because, like I say, that's a high-pressure job right now. Uh, but I think that they're really going to swing for the fences at least in terms of who they try to get. Nate McMillan is a, uh, a guy that, that would immediately come to mind as well. Sean Devaney is my guest from the Sporting News. You can uh, follow him on Twitter. And, Sean, what is your uh, Twitter handle? Uh, it's just at Sean Devaney. That's my name. At Sean Devaney. So you can follow him there and, and obviously uh, read his links uh, to the Sporting News. The Clippers are playing as we as we broadcast. They're battling the Boston Celtics. And, and the Clippers are just on this roll. I remember talking to someone before the season started, and they were a little skeptical. But 
But I looked at the the. It wasn't just that they had Chris Paul because I, you know, Chris Paul is a, a feared player in the NBA. He's just one of those guys that can will his team to a win. But the depth they've added. Uh, on that team, and it's veteran depth, guys that know how to play, guys who have been in big situations. Uh, I just think that they've got to the the nice little mix going on there. They could be a real factor in the postseason. Yeah, and it, it, it makes you go back and look at what they did last year, you know, losing Chauncey Billups early on with the Achilles uh, injury, and as thin as they were, you know, signing Kenyon Martin off the, uh, off the scrap heap and, and giving major minutes to Reggie Evans. You know, I mean, they were really kind of scrounging around looking for some depth. Uh, and, and you go back and look, and it's really a tribute to Chris Paul uh, that they were able to get to the second round of the playoffs last year and, and, and finish as well as they did. So now you come out and you, and, and you bring in, um, you know, Jamal Crawford. Uh, Matt Barnes has been really, really good for them. Uh, you know, you bring in some, some real quality depth. They'll have Grant Hill. Grant Hill hasn't played yet. Chauncey Billups hasn't been 100% healthy, so he's going to be coming back. Uh, Willie Green has played well for them. Eric Bledsoe has really taken some huge step forward. I think that's going to be a guy to watch, uh, you know, when he hits restricted free agency. That's going to be uh, a tough decision for them because he's played so well. You know, they've, they've got so much depth now uh, that they're able to throw a wave of players at you. Uh, and like I say, it, it's only going to get better for them when they start getting, uh, you know, Billups back and, and, and Grant Hill back. Uh, Lamar Odom has played better for them lately. Uh, so, you know, this is, this is all before you get to, you know, their star players, Chris Paul and, and, uh, and, and Blake Griffin. Uh, you know, right now they're, they're as deep as any team in the league. I think that's really been a big key for them, and I think that'll be a key for them going into the playoffs. They don't want to peak too early. Uh, that's, that's probably the one concern for the Clippers. Uh, but certainly with the, uh, with the amount of depth that they have, uh, there's no reason to think they won't be ready for the playoffs. Sean, let's talk about a couple of, uh, well, I'll call them troubled big men uh, in the association. Philadelphia's in town uh, tomorrow night here at Oracle, and we haven't seen Andrew Bynum on the floor for them. Is Because of his injury history, is Bynum worth the, the trouble and the effort and the money that Philadelphia's going to have to put in to, to get him going? Well, I, I mean, this was part of the plan for Philadelphia. They knew when they traded for him that there was a chance he was never going to play for him. You know, they, uh, when, you, when, you, when, when you're messing with Andrew Bynum, you know you're messing with bad knees. That's, that's just part of the deal. Uh, but, you know, he's in the last year of his contract. So that's, that's the one blessing. Is they, they really did want to move Andre Iguodala uh, and get out of the rest of his contract so that they could get more shots for Drew Holiday, get more shots for Evan Turner, See what those guys can do, and really, that's worked out pretty well for them. You know, Holiday has been and really terrific, and, and maybe even an All Star. And, and Turner has played much better as well without being in the shadow of Andre Iguodala. So they're able to get out of that that contract, and Bynum comes up as a free agent uh, this year. It, 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 they're almost at a point now where they'd rather him not play. You know, because if he comes back and he averages 25 and 12 over 20 games, then you say, well, geez, what do we do? You know, what it, do you pay him the big money with those bad knees, or do you, uh, um, you know, or do you let him walk and say, okay, well, we accomplished the goal of getting out of our, our, our financial mess with, uh, with Andre Iguodala, and now we're able to pursue some other free agents. So it's, it's, it's definitely a tricky situation, but they knew going in that this was a possibility with Andrew Bynum. Sean Devaney of the Sporting News talking about Andrew Bynum. Let's go to the other trouble big man I wanted to hear your thoughts on. What do you do with DeMarcus Cousins of the Sacramento Kings? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think he's a very talented guy. I really do. But when I look at that franchise and I look at where they are and, and, and whatever they're trying to do, 
uh, I think probably the best thing they can do is 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 get rid of him. And if, if that means cut him, then cut him. You know, he's still on his rookie deal. I know it's a high draft pick and it's a lot of talent that you're giving up. Uh, but you know, I think you need to send a message that uh, to the rest of your team that we're not a joke. You know, that that, that we're not going to let guys go after their coach over and over and over again, get suspended three times. Uh, you know, I keep smart, and you guys know him. I mean, he's a guy who, if you can't play for him, then something's wrong with you. You know, I mean, and he bent over backwards for DeMarcus Cousins. And I just I just really think that, you know, if you're the Kings and you do everything you can to get rid of him, and, you know, hopefully that's a trade. But, hey, if you've got to release him, then you release him. I really think that you're better off in the long term and what that does for the players who are on your roster now uh, and who you might bring in in the future uh, than, than it is to, uh, to let this guy continue to walk over your whole organization. Sean, kind of along the same vein as you were talking about Andrew Bynum, you know, the New York Knicks are off to this great start. Carmelo's playing um, you know, kind of out of his mind, so to speak. I mean, he's playing great. And I, I wonder, you know, is it, are they going to be better when Amari comes back, or is he just going to maybe upset the, uh, the apple cart, if you will, and what are you, what are your thoughts on, on Carmelo and and then of course Amari coming back to New York? Yeah, you know I think they can be better with him. I mean, you know he's still a talented player. He's obviously a good scorer. Um, you know he's he's a big guy, and you know if, if you have a guy like him uh, who is agreeable to coming off the bench and can give you that kind of offense off the bench, uh, you know that's that's nothing but a positive. Especially if you've got a defensive center like Tyson Chandler. You know you throw. Uh, uh, you throw Amari in there. You can play him at center. Some you can play him up. Okay, it gives you a bunch of different matchup options uh, that you should be take that be able to take advantage of. Now that's the ideal world, right? I mean, that's you know, if you have a guy uh, who is of that mentality, right. uh, then uh, that, then it should work. Now the question is, you know, Amari said all the right things, but how will it actually play out? You know, will he actually uh, you know be able to handle coming off the bench? Will the chemistry be okay? Uh, will he be able to take? Um, you know, a seat in the way back to uh, to Carmelo Anthony. He's not just the back seat. He's, he's going to have to be in the trunk at this point. You know, he's not averaging 25 points anymore. It's just not going to happen. He can accept that and, and be a guy who gives you 10 to 12 off the bench, uh, you know, especially, uh, uh, you know, if your offense is struggling a little bit, a guy can get you points in the paint. You know, that's a, that's a, it's a little bit like Carl Landry for, for the Warriors. You know, that's, that's invaluable, you know, to be able to get – that sort of production consistently off the bench, it can really, you know, change the, the tide of a game uh, if things get off to a bad offensive start for you. Uh, if, if Amari can be that kind of guy, then things will be even better in New York. But the question is, you know, it, it's hard for a $100 million guy to take on an $8 million role. You know, and that's, that's, that's sort of where Amari is and, and where the Knicks is. And, and that's where, uh, you know, everybody is, uh, is holding their breath right now. Speaking of the Wayback Machine, I love the new Blake Griffin commercial. I think that's just fabulous. I think it's just so funny, um, his new uh, car commercial. But, but Sean, as we, as we wrap this up, I wanted to bring you back a, a little bit to, um, to Golden State because I know you talked to Mark Jackson. What were your impressions of talking to Mark uh, earlier this year? And, and, again, the club's off to a great start. Steph Curry and you know, David Lee, I think, are playing the best you know, basketball of their careers. But when you talked to Mark, what was the sense you got from Coach Jackson? Well, you know, I, 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 one thing I gave him the opportunity to do, Tim, is to kind of tell everybody, uh, you know, to, to kind of stick it to everybody who had who had questioned whether this was a good hire, and, and there were plenty of people who did. 
uh, you know, a guy with no experience, uh, you know, and w- without having been uh, uh, on, on an NBA bench at all as a, as a coach, even as an assistant, uh, you know, there, there were a lot of people who questioned that move. Uh, and then, you know, he, he really didn't take the bait. You know, he really didn't. You know, I, that, that was one thing that impressed me was that, look, he, he said, uh, you know, uh, the, the reason that I'm winning more now is that I've got better players. And, you know, he really was, was quick to, uh, to, to deflect credit uh, to the players uh, almost entirely and, and not take very much credit himself. Um, and, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's a guy who I believe in 18 years of playing made something like uh, 15 postseasons. So, you know, he was a part of winning groups, and he was a guy who knew, you know, the, the little things that everybody needs to do uh, in terms of chemistry. And he said uh, one thing about this Warriors team is that it has as good a chemistry as any team that he has been part of. And I, I was really impressed by that comment because that's saying something, like I said, with the, uh, with the level of success he had in terms of getting to the postseason year in and year out. You know that's uh, that's that, that's an impressive notion, and um, you know you never know if a coach is going to be a hundred percent truthful with that sort of thing. But uh, you know, assuming he's being ninety percent truthful or eighty percent truthful, that's still that's that's a pretty big statement to think that that this Warriors team has that level of chemistry. And Sean, um, again, as I, as I mentioned about Steph Curry, uh, boy, it just seems that you know when when they traded Monte. And obviously, you know, I I think that that's the trade they had to make because they had to get bigger. But, but I just think it's it's kind of opened the floor up for Steph. You know, I love Monte, and he's a dynamic scorer. And 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 uh, you know, I some people here t- tend to think that he you know you can't that he was not a, a winning type player. I disagree because I saw him win with you know the 0607 teams and that 0708 team that won 48 games and didn't get into the playoffs. But uh, you know, I I just think it kind of opened the door for Steph. To, to grow a little bit as a player and to flourish a little bit as a player. Yeah, I think there's no question uh, uh, that a, a lot of things have come together for him. I think that uh, uh, certainly having a more traditional lineup, uh, you know, with the way that Clay Thompson shoots, of course, um, you know, that's that's really been helpful uh, in terms of you know drive and kick and and, and that aspect of his game. Um, and, but but yeah, I think that that his ability to shoot has also. Um, you know, he's got more confidence because he's not, you know, he doesn't have to worry about Monte getting his as well, uh, which, you know, seemed to be something that he was always conscious of before. Uh, and he doesn't really have to worry about that as much. I think Steph's gotten better defensively, too. And, and you know, I know he was starting from a pretty low bar, uh, but I think that uh, him being healthy has helped a lot of that. Um, so, you know, I just think that, that overall, sort of everything that he got the contract, doesn't have to worry about that. Monte's gone. He's healthy. You know, you kind of combine all those things, and 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 you're seeing the guy. I think that that the Warriors thought that they were going to be getting when they agreed to pay him what they paid him uh, in the off season. Sean Devaney, you can follow him at Sean Devaney on Twitter, and of course on the Sporting News. What the the website is? Is it thesportingnews.com or tsn.com? Uh, just sportingnews.com. Sportingnews.com. Okay, you can go there and and. Uh, Read all of his fine work. Sean, a pleasure, as always, to uh, have you on the show. And I uh, look forward to seeing you. Are we going to run into you somewhere on the NBA trail this year? No doubt. No doubt. I'm hoping I'm, I'm, I'm working on making a trip out there uh, uh, to come see the Warriors in person. So hopefully I get to do that. I look forward to it. Thanks, Sean. Okay, thank you.